Hey everyone, welcome to The Faith Revolution, a podcast where we're rethinking everything. I'm Kirk. And I'm Jen. And welcome to Morning Coffee with Kirk and Jen. It's great to have you with us today. And this morning, we're going to be talking about faith. And it's kind of exciting because we're looking at faith maybe from a different direction. And when it comes from my direction, as I think about it, I don't know about, Jen's going to share some things, but when I look at this, I automatically go to the Bible. I go to Hebrews chapter 11, and we talk about defining faith. The first thing I want to say is, well, it's right there. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. But when we go there, I want to begin to ask about the why. How do we get there? What's the why that helps us understand this sentence? And Jen, you were talking about Jesus a few days ago and who he is and what is his name. And this kind of lit something up in me. So I want you to share a little bit of that. Well, for me, it's been a weird journey because I I think I realized that faith has become kind of a religious word in a way. And sometimes I've had to stop myself and think, what does it actually mean? You know, in real application, in real life, what does that word mean? And how would I even be able to explain what it is? It's it's really, in a way, it's become a churchy word. And in a real world with real hurt and real need, how do I make it accessible to people? And one of the things that really hit me is that the center point of my faith is Jesus Christ. That is what, for me, it's all about. And then I got to thinking about, okay, the name of Jesus. What is, you know, what's so special about that name that God will move mountains for that name? And um, I was doing some just research and studying the Bible about the name of Jesus. And and there are lots of things said about his name in both the Old and New Testament. But then it really hit me. Oh, his name means God is with us. Emmanuel. God is with us. Yeah. He's on our side. And I think before I can start to have that faith, the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, all that, I've got to wake up every morning and say, God is with me. He sent Jesus to tell me that message. God is with me, no matter the circumstances, because we can get caught up in faith, I think, and begin to think about faith means I can do anything. It does in a sense. Faith means everything goes away that's bad in my life, which I don't Mm -hmm. know if that's the case. Faith is knowing that in spite of the circumstances, God is with us. No matter what I see out there, God is with me. And as we explore faith with first faith, the other things that we're trying to do, I think it all starts with that very simple Hmm. concept. He's with us. Yeah. And I also think it's, I love this side of it too. God is with us and God is for us. And I love what you just said because life has trauma, tragedy, and trials. It's part of our human existence. But at the end of the day, my faith has to say, but he is for me, just like you said, even when it doesn't look like it. That's a challenge. I I get it that that's a challenge. 
But if we could get to that point in our lives where we woke up in the morning, that's the thing that's been hitting me lately (laughs) is we're having morning coffee. Yeah. But it kind of hits me that I need to understand he's for me. And if he's for me and with me, that means that my day counts. Mm. I don't know how it counts. Yeah. I may reach one person. I may not reach anybody. I may be just working in my office. Who knows what it might be? But at the same time, he is with me and he's looking for ways to help me and to allow me to do those things he's called me to do, whatever they might be. Yeah. And if I'm slogging through life because I've been hit upside the head by challenge, it's being able to get up every day and say, I don't understand why this is happening in my life, but I'm going to take one more step today. I'm going to move forward because I know there's hope. I know there's something on the other side of all this pain that I'm experiencing right now. But I'm looking at our churches today, the church, the big church, you know, (laughs) regardless of what denomination we're in, we're all in this thing together. And I think sometimes we're really focusing on, well, you know what, you got to get rid of this sin or that sin or whatever, the, the list of sins. And I'm not in favor of sins. Don't don't misunderstand here. But I think we sometimes overlook God is for us. Mm, yeah, We're getting caught up in don't do this and make sure you're living a holy life. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to do that. But how do we get to that life that changes other lives and that refreshes our own? I think it starts with not that you're a sinner. You've got big problems. You need to fix this in your life. And I need to come alongside you so you can get rid of this problem. Yes, I want to get rid of the problems. But if I understood God is for me, if I understood that even when I fall short, God is for me. He wants the best for me. And he wants me to be a world changer. And I look at the people in the Bible. We, we've talked a lot lately about, say, Rahab the harlot. Yeah. God was for her. She was <laughs> yeah. doing a lot of bad stuff. And yet God was for her and gave her an opportunity to change the world when she let in the spies. She lied about the spies being in her roof to save the country, the fledgling country of Israel. They weren't even a country yet. They were just a people, but she saved them. She led them to their first conquest because she recognized God was for her. And I think it's, yes, she recognized God was for her. And then she had a side that said, therefore, I will take direct action Because of that faith, I believe that he is for me. I believe that he exists. He is. He's good. And I'm going to do whatever he asks me to do. And he's not out to punish me because I'm on the wrong team right Right. now. Because she was on the Jericho team and switch teams. And And then we go to the New Testament and look at the woman at the well, one of my other favorite people in the Bible. And she had had a checkered past, which most people would say five husbands living with a guy, all that stuff. But Jesus comes to her, talks to her, and within that conversation, she realizes, too, God is for me. Mm. This Jesus is his Messiah, his son, and he just told me, I'm the Messiah. He told me, and all these other people don't know, and I get to be the one to tell. He's for me. God is for me when he, he sends his own son to me to talk to me like this. That's what I wish we could get across to the world out there. I think a lot of times when we talk about the gospel message and stuff, we say, well, we need to let people know the bad news before they'll understand the good news. And Jesus, the gospel, the very wording of it, the very word means good news. Well, the good news is what? God is for us. That's why Jesus came to tell us God is for us. He said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand right here in front of you. God is for you. And I think 
go ahead. Huh? Well, I'm, I think I, you're really yeah. hitting on something that's resonating with me is that I'm building faith in people. I'm not tearing down sin in an odd way, even though, like you said, we're not we're not for sin, but I'm building faith. And what is building faith in someone? It is the good news that God is for me. He is cheering for me. He's going to put things in my path to bring me wholeness. And when I realize that, I'm, I start building. It builds faith in me as an individual, and it can extend to the whole world around me, as opposed to I'm tearing down sin. I'm tearing down what's wrong about someone. Instead, I'm going to just go right over it all, and I'm going to say, let's start building some faith. Let's start getting some things done here. Yeah, let's understand God is on your side. He's for you, because I do think that, unfortunately, in modern-day evangelism, we sometimes start with mm. you have a problem. Yeah. And God I mean if you look at the four steps to peace with God and those type of tracks and those kind of things it starts it basically starts with you got to understand you're a sinner. Mm-hmm. You're separated from God. That's bad news. Jesus, I don't know, maybe I'm missing something here. I don't know that he walked in and said that. He said it to some Pharisees. He had some things to say to them who were the religious leaders. But what's happening here is Jesus is saying he's coming in and offering something. And I think our evangelism needs to rethink itself a little bit. And we need to start saying, God is for you. You get a place at the table. You get a place on the team. You can have one if you want one. It's an open invitation to anybody. And that's exciting to me. I don't have to go to my friend and tell them, look, let's talk about the fact that you've got this sin in your life and God can redeem you from your horribleness. There are some people who feel horrible and need to deal with it. And they go, I feel bad. I feel like I'm a horrible person. Yes, Jesus is redeeming for all of that. That is wonderful. But most people are just slogging through life and they're going, I want some hope. Hope is when we say God is for us. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's so simple, but in a weird way, so revolutionary to me to start looking at faith this way and start looking at how we approach every person in our path. And, And let's face it, even those of us who have been walking with the Lord for years, I need to be reminded God is for me. He is with me. Uh, Because uh, honestly, I think we forget. Oh, I forget. I'll tell you, I still look when they say, look at God as your father. Look, I had a good dad. No worries about that. But like all dads, he wasn't perfect, just like I'm not perfect and all those things. But I began to see, even though my father wasn't this way, I began to see God as a father who was a taskmaster. Mm -hmm. And I saw myself as, as... My job is to keep him happy. I need to do the right things. I need to live a holy life. I need to be reading my Bible every day. I need to do all these things. None of those things are wrong. But I saw that as a prerequisite for God's love. Yeah. Instead of recognizing he's for me, he's with me. That's what Jesus is trying. The very name of Jesus is Emmanuel. God is with us. And I needed to recognize that. He adopted me into his family. We've read this and we see this, but I think sometimes I read that I'm an adopted child of God and I still feel like I'm that stepchild because I've got to earn my keeps. Oh, yes, I'm a Christian. God loves you and God is with you and all these things. And yet there's that piece of me that's saying, but he's still watching. And if I screw this up, He's going to be really mad at me. Yeah, it's very conditional. You know, our relationship with him. We we may say, yeah, oh, yes, this is such security. But the reality is 
our day-to-day living out of faith is not one of a, a child that feels secure and safe in that relationship with their father, but one instead that feels conditional and even fragile. Yeah, even even if we believe that there's no way to lose the salvation, if we were to believe that, we still feel that way. Right. So it doesn't matter what somebody believes, whether your phrase, once saved, always saved, or that you can fall away from the faith. I'm not even here to debate that topic, except to say that no matter what we believe about that, I think it's easy to fall into a trap of seeing God as watching us. And well, he's just disappointed. You know, Jesus loves me uh, when I'm good, when I do the things I should. Jesus (laughs) loves me when I'm bad, even though he's very sad. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yes, I get the sad part, but we don't. But Jesus still loves you, even though you're really doing bad. Let me tell you, I, I'm really thinking, Jen, that Jesus is is walking alongside of us and we trip and fall and walk off the path. And instead of yelling at us for getting it mm. wrong, he's saying, back over here. We can do this together. Back yeah. over on this path. We can make it. And just don't don't forget, God is my dad and he told me he's for us. He's with us. And so every step of the way, just grab my hand again. Let's keep going because you don't see. It's an interesting thing. We talk about people need to repent of their sins in order to come to Jesus. I'm, again, not opposed to that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if you look at Saul, who was out there killing Christians, we don't see a point in his conversion where he bowed down, where well, he fell down, but where he stopped and said, I now repent of my sins and receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. No, Jesus said, get up, go to Ananias's house. And when you get there, he'll tell you what to do next, because I've got a plan for you. He took one of the worst persecutors of Christianity, Mm -hmm. perhaps the worst, and turned him into a follower, but he never did it, and you need to confess and stop. I don't doubt there was a moment in Paul's life when he said, gosh, I really messed up, you know, Jesus, I, I, I totally blew it, because he says he's the chief of all sinners, but at the same time, the focus was on getting up and going and starting to follow. Mm-hmm. If we could put the focus on that with the foundation of God is with us. That's why Jesus came. I like that so much more. And I think there are a lot of denominations struggling with evangelism right now. How do we do it? What if we put the focus on telling our friends God is with us? It's changed our lives. You want to join us? Come on in. Yeah. Well, what would we say are our takeaways from this little time of coffee we've had together? What are we learning? What's kind of rocking our world a little bit right now? My takeaway is this. If we want to revolutionize our faith, the first thing we need to do when we get up every morning is remember God is with us. If we can remember that, it's that simple. We remember that and we start to revolutionize to change our faith. To all of our listeners, thanks for joining us. Visit KirkWalden.com where you can find more resources and join in the conversation. Remember, you can always sit with us.